State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Mess. Celebrate your magic in the middle of life's messes. Hi, happy mess. I'm Zuri Hall, and this is Hot, Hot happy, happy Mess. Oh, shoot. <laughs> what is up? How are you? I am Zuri, and this is Hot Happy Mess. How you doing? How you feeling? Yeah? You okay? Just doing a quick little check-in. Um, happy Monday if you're listening to this on the day we premiere. If not, you should start doing that. But also, I hope you're having a good day. Uh, today, we are talking about the stars, Astrology 101. I hope the stars are telling me that Lola is going to be fully potty trained soon because the puppy poop is real. But we're getting better. She's getting better. And I'm really proud of her. Um, she knows her name now. She is getting picky about what she does and doesn't like, which is a little bit annoying, but also more so exciting because her little personality is coming out. So y'all can keep up with the adventures of Lola if you want on Instagram at little Lola Jolie. Yes, I'm that annoying dog mom who made an Instagram account for her dog. Sue me. Today's episode, we're talking about astrology. So I am a Gemini. I am a card carrying member of the Gemini community. <laughs> I feel like I just am one through and through like Google Gemini woman. And it's probably me. Um, I will be honest in saying I'm not like super intense when it comes to like, I don't know how much I do or don't fully believe in all of the things, but I do enjoy reading horoscopes for the fun of it. You know, when I would meet a new guy or like date someone new or be interested in someone, even from the, the time when I was like in junior high, you know, as so I was like, oh my gosh, what's his sign? So I can like Google it and see if we're compatible. I've loved and enjoyed just like getting to know the different type just to see if things align, you know? So 
I'm not necessarily subscribed to it, but I do enjoy it. Um, and I do have friends who are really subscribed to it. So for me, it's more of a topical compatibility thing, getting to know myself. Like I, I got my birth chart ran and that was really interesting to see the insight. Sometimes things are spot on every now and then I get a miss, but it's fun and it's fascinating to me. So um, I thought it would be really cool to bring on an expert in the space uh, to tell us what the stars have in store for us and also how it all works. Like, what is the Zodiac? Like, what are horoscopes? What is astrology really? Because a lot of us might know about it, quote unquote, but not really know about it. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy. Here is our expert, Mecca. All right, y'all. Mecca Woods is in the figurative building. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, y'all. Yay, let's go. Uh, she is a New York City-based astrologer and author who works to help others create a life they truly want using their natural-born gifts. Her writing and astro guidance have appeared in places like Bustle, Essence, Cosmopolitan, and on TLC. And her book, Astrology for Happiness and Success, is out now. Her next book, The Astrology Journal, drops August 10th, 2021. Okay, so if you're listening to this after that date. Go cap it. Mecca, how are you? I'm great. I'm great, Zuri. Thanks for having me. Of course. I, I was super excited to have you on the show today because um, I've always been a big casual fan of astrology. I don't know the nitty gritty, but I, I'm like sun sign, moon sign level. So oh, if th that, 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 I mean, that's, that's more than enough. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've done like the birth chart and stuff like that. And it's always so fascinating. And of course, anytime you date somebody new, the first thing I do is like run to go figure out what time they were right. born so I can just figure out if this is my forever thing. Um, I would love if you could just dive in by talking about your journey to astrology. How did you get into this world? Um, what exactly do you do for those who may be new to the space or your work? Yeah, so I came to a show. Well, I always had an interest in it, like when I was a kid. Um, one of the first, very first books that I ever picked up, I don't know if you remember, it was Black Sun Signs and Black Love Signs by mm. Thelma Balfour. Um, that bought, that was like one of the first books, um, by like a black woman astrologer to like, you know, uh, make the mainstream. But I didn't really take it seriously until I would say like about a little over a decade ago. And I was at a crossroads with both career, with love and just trying to figure things out. And I came across another book that had to do with like love and relationships. Um, I was dating a Scorpio at the time. And wait, um, what's, what's your sign? So we have I'm I'm a Sagittarius. Okay. So Scorpio and Sag is not like a natural combination. It could be a little bit, uh, lots, lots of steam, very sexy, but like sometimes the lasting power, um, can be, can be missing. And I was trying to figure it out. And, and so I, uh, had a couple of readings and that just kind of just, open the door. Like I started becoming obsessed with just trying to find out everything that I could about my chart, about other people's chart until it became like a really big hobby for me. And, um, I started to see like, it was more than just kind of like, Oh, what's your sign? Or, you know, like, Oh, I don't, I don't like Leo's or I don't, you know, like I, I really like Virgo's. It was, it was a, a tool that people could use for self-development. And that, that was something that I always wanted to do. Like I, I always wanted to help people and astrology was able to let me allow me to do that. 
That's awesome. For those who may not be, I feel like at, in, at this point in a mainstream way, most of us are at least generally familiar with what astrology is or the idea of it. But for the person who may be listening and literally never heard the word before today, also welcome <laughs> uh, from under the rock from whence you came. Um, but what is astrology? If you had to break it down, how, how does it work? Sure. So I like to describe astrology as being uh, a language. So that language that we're using, we are using the cycles of the stars and the planets to basically inform what's going on here on Earth. And so um, there's a colleague of mine that also kind of describes it as being like the marriage between math and myth, because there is mm. a lot of math that goes into astrology. Like we have to divide up the sky in order yeah. to figure out like where things are going to go and the timing and things like that. Um, but the myth also comes from, you know, a lot of the stories that we talk about in terms of like how things are happening and, and, and how that's like affecting our life here down on, here on earth. So when I think about astrology, I don't really see it as like, a, um, how could it, like to me, I think some people sometimes think of it as being like a very fatalistic thing. Like this is set in stone and, you know, you can't change, you know, like I like to see it as like, um, free will, but also kind of like kind of prepping you for what might be coming up or how to take advantage of what's going on and, and how to better understand yourself. Mm-hmm. How does yeah. it work exactly with, and this is the part that I don't know much about. And I am the person, like, I love reading my horoscope. I do like, I am a Gemini through and through, I think my son, my rising, my, like all the, all the things are Gemini. Um, how, how does it work in the sense of to what you can't explain how it affects who we are, why we are the way we are? Like, what does that theory say? Like, why do the sun and the moon and the stars um, give birth to a Gemini who is very much a Gemini as opposed to a Capricorn being who they are because of their their location and their time of birth? Like, do you know? what is that known? I mean, I don't I, I'm curious, but I don't even know how to phrase the question. No, no, I totally get what you're saying. So it has a lot to do with observation. So like, I think what a lot of people don't recognize about astrology, that astrology has a lot to do, like before we can make predictions about anything, we really have to sit and like observe. So way back, you know, you know, during like ancient times, Mm -hmm. uh, when you had different cultures using, like they would map, like they would farm by astrology. They would, you know, plan things out. Like they would, they would use the stars as a way to kind of like figure out like what was going to happen. And when we talk about that in relationship to like, you know, what makes a Gemini a Gemini or what makes Mm -hmm. a Leo Leo, what they found was whenever the sun was in a certain part of the sky, certain things would happen, right? Mm-hmm. And they kept track of those things. And now I would say like, that was a good, really good thing about like, about history, about people yeah. keeping track of like things. Cause we can go back in time and say like, okay, this was happening then. And that's what a lot of times like astrologers doing. Like if we're talking about something that's coming up next month or next week, a lot of times we're going back in the past and seeing like where those same planets might have been and saying like, okay, this was going on. And that means that there's a re- relatively strong chance that that's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. So, so it's kind of like 
uh, what meteorologists do, you know, or like economists do, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like forecasting trends, because we usually go back in time in order to figure out like where we are and like planting those seeds for the future. I love that that um, analogy. Also, I low key was a weather girl for a year in Dallas, Texas. So with that, I'm like, I love percent. I was like, it's gonna be high, y'all. It's gonna be high tomorrow. <laughs> it's gonna be 95 next week. And so there's a pattern emerging. Um, that's a really fascinating way to break it down. Uh, I know. A lot of people have a general overview. So this is like the most 101 of 101s. But if you don't mind just sort of breaking down the differences between um, between signs, if you want to do a quick little, just like a sentence or two on each sign. Um, but most importantly, when it comes to compatibility, right? Like we have the different elements that categorize uh, these different signs. How would you explain astrology to someone who's dipping their toe in the water for the first time? So um, the, the the four elements, I would say, are probably like the, the building blocks to astrology, um, because the four elements often describe like the kind of like quality or the nature of, of the signs. Um, so like, for example, if we're talking about air signs, so that's Gemini, Libra, Aquarius, air is associated with like the intellect and also like with like, uh, socializing, communicating. So it's not uncommon to find like a lot of air signs working in media or working in technology where there's a lot of information going back and forth or, or working in education where there's a lot of like learning taking place and things that are like, you know, engaging the mind and, and learning from other people. Um, when we talk about fire signs, which is Aries, Sagittarius, and Leo, fire is uh, very passionate, very outgoing, very, uh, you know, self-assured and independent, which is why a lot of times when people make memes about fire signs, they're always like, you know, fighting <laughs> or like, you know, it's like me, 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 like, especially when we talk, like, like Leo, Leo's. you know, <laughs> right, right. Or being like super independent, you know, yeah. like those kinds of things. Um, and then earth signs, which is Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn, earth, uh, is related to like the physical or the material world, right? Mm-hmm. So money is related to earth, our physical bodies and like how we feel, you know, in them, um, you know, things that we can touch, taste, like all of that has a lot to do with earth. Food is also related to earth as well, mm-hmm. um, which is not uncommon for like people who have like earth in your chart to be foodies mm-hmm. um, or like really good cooks. And then water, last but not least, that's cancer, Pisces, Scorpio. The element of water is associated with the realm of emotion and feeling and intuition. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, these are the folks that know how to make people feel good just by like a hug or Mm -hmm. the right word and being very empathetic and empathic with uh, with with folks. Um, And they also tend to need a lot of closeness, you know, from from the people that they really care about. So that that's kind of like what makes up uh, the signs. And then, you know, when we start getting specific, then there's a way that each sign kind of. Uh, expresses those different qualities in, in their own individual way. Mm, okay. Um, not to be a self-centered Gemini, but since I'm a Gemini, <laughs> if you had to break <laughs> yes. down the Gemini, just let the people know if you had to sum up a Gemini, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, God. So I, so I actually love Gemini. Gemini is actually the opposite sign of Sagittarius. Mm-hmm. So like when we talk about opposites in astrology, it's not necessarily like a bad thing. Like, you know, opposites just means that you kind of mirror each other. You kind of balance each other out by bringing something to the table that the other person lacks. So like I love my Gemini situation. folks. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. So when uh, when we talk about Gemini, Gemini is a sign of uh, communication, right? So mm-hmm. 
every gentleman I that I know, like that, you know, like wanting to learn, wanting to uh, share what you know, always having like, you know, a funny anecdote or story. Um, when, we, when we talk about being in Gemini, it's also about the duality, right? And mm-hmm. teaching the rest of us, like how to embrace like all of our little bits and pieces and not just like the things that we like, right? And, th- and I think that's why people struggle with Geminis and they mm-hmm. say like, oh, you know, Geminis are two-faced. It's not that, it's that people aren't comfortable with their duality, mm. right? They don't know Talk how to embrace it. their duality. Mm. <laughs> you know, like they're trying, they're, they're trying to cherry pick, you know, what it is that they like about themselves or what it is that they like about other people without recognizing that um, there's so many different pieces of us, right? That we need to make room and space for, even the ones that we might not necessarily like think are great uh, mm. about us. And so like as a Gemini, you know, one of the gifts that you have is that ability to, um, show all those different sides of yourself and holding all those different spaces for yourself. And in doing that, um, like I said, it really teaches us like how to be more flexible, how to be more open-minded, how to be more curious, you know, and thinking like, I don't, I, maybe I don't have all the answers. Maybe let me go out and, 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 you know, talk to the people and find out. One of my favorite thing about, uh, Gemini's is the fact that like, um, Every Gemini I know always has a way of like getting in places <laughs> where like you least expect. Like, how did you? How did you get over there? How do you know right. that person? How oh do you, you know? <laughs> like, right. I, like, I, I it's love a crazy it. story. Yeah. I was just on a right. boat, and then they came out of a bungee cord, and I was like, "Let's go to the party." Exactly. Like, okay. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, that's the gift of Gemini. Cause yeah. It's funny because like in, in mythology, uh, Mercury is the ruler of Gemini, was the messenger for the gods. So Mercury would go up to Mount Olympus and then go down to Hades and like on Earth. And he was the only um, deity that could do that. So, you know, that's like the Gemini gift. Oh, how interesting when you put it in that perspective, because I very much and a lot of my friends, most of my best friends are Gemini's um, feel that way of sort of bouncing between worlds that can be so unrelated. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm Mm -hmm. not. I don't feel untrue to myself in any of those spaces. I like I'm adaptable for sure, but yep. other people might be like, "Well, hold on, how are you over here with them?" But then you can be over here with them, and it's not in a like a like you said two faced way, right? Like it's not people who are like diametrically opposed. It's just the groups are so different that people are like, "How do you exist in all of these different spaces?" But but you that, have a piece know. of you that reflects all <laughs> yeah, of that. Yeah, 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 and and I think. That kind of also speaks to um, how we all have the 12 signs within us somewhere, like in our birth chart. Okay. Yeah. So like, even though like, you know, you have your sun sign, your moon sign, your ascendant, um, there's still a piece of each of the 12 signs somewhere, you know, in your, in your Mm. chart, which is why I chuckle when people are like, I don't like this sign. I like that. I'm like, you have that sign right. in you, so right. <laughs> so so work, break that, work that down. out, sis. Right, right. Like okay, I don't like Capricorns, but <laughs> right, um, exactly. Sun, Moon, Rising, Ascendant. What are what's the difference between mm-hmm. those those categories, um, and what context can they give us when we're sort of looking into ourselves or, or the people around us? Sure. So like your sun, moon and rising are like what we call like your big three. So the reason for that is because your sun sign um, and that's the that's the sign that, that everyone knows, like it has to do with like the day and the month that you're born. So that has a lot to do with like your confidence, you know, things that energize you, your creativity, like your ability to be your most authentic self and the things that set you apart from the crowd, like how you shine, essentially, like that's how you're, that's your sun. Um, when we talk about your moon sign, your moon has a lot to do with your emotions 
emotions and how you process them, what you need to feel safe, what you need to feel nurtured and to feel um, to feel good, essentially. And then your rising sign, that is kind of like how you outwardly express yourself through like your clothes and your wardrobe, your style, um, your appearance and like how you um, initially like the, the first impressions that you give, you know, give folks. And then eventually after that initial, you know, meeting, then they get to see like the rest, the rest of you. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Um, we've got some listener questions, a ton, yeah. by the way. I won't yeah. ask all of them. I'll spare you. But people are really excited about this topic, understandably. Um, one listener question, Miss Sunshine 1165 asks, so these are going to get specific. So if this don't apply to you, just listen anyway. It'll be done in 10 seconds. Um, <laughs> she says, what does it mean to be a Scorpio with a rising sign of cancer? So, I mean, that right there is very emotional um i would say it would have like if you're a cancer rising cancer is a sign that's very self-protective um you know when you think about cancer you're thinking about the crab like the mm -hmm. the image of the crab in the shell right and you know uh -huh. that crabs are always like burrowing in the sand and like they're always like you know yeah. like running off and you know and so when you're a cancer rising the way that you show up in the world you're probably going to be someone who prefers to be in the background as opposed to like having like all the light and center of it and, that, and i would say that's also kind of true of scorpio too like scorpio's will only reveal what they want to reveal when they want to, <laughs> you know? So you can know a Scorpio for years and never really know, like, <laughs> Wait, you know, you like, <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, and then you add that cancer rising to it and, mm -hmm. and that just adds to like the mystery um, and some of that intrigue, you know? Um, and that's because water signs, because they love so hard because they get attached to people so easily they really have to vet people mm -hmm. and really be cautious about who they let in because once they let you in they you know you, you they, they they tend to like love for life this is and it's really scorpio important. or cancer both both, both. Oh, okay. yeah i mean all the water signs in particular but scorpio mm -hmm. in particular like scorpios mm -hmm. you know hold on to people for a long time even mm -hmm. even when they don't necessarily want to but it's so hard for them to like finally get rid of people you know yeah. yeah so yeah and i would say like when you're a cancer rising it's also important to like know what your moon sign is because uh the moon rules cancer in astrology so your moon is also going to say a lot about how you show up in the world State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Wallbroke, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! 
drive the Nissan Rogue. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. For finding out our birth chart. Mecca, are there any places that you recommend as a go-to source that you trust? Sure, sure. So there is a, a site called astro.com. That's great. It's been around for uh, for, for forever. Um, there's an app called Time Passages. That's also really great. Uh, there's a sanctuary app that's pretty cool. And um, there's also another one called, another website called AstroSeek. Mm. That's also good for for getting your, your, uh, your birth chart. Got it. Okay. Good to know. Um, I have a not really a question, but an observation. So I'm a Gemini. Both mm-hmm. of my brothers are Gemini's. Two of my best friends are Gemini's and um, partner uh, Gemini. <laughs> Surrounded wow. by Gemini. Lot, lot of Gemini. A lot of Gemini. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting is like even for one producer star who's a really close friend of mine, she's on the call um, and does the producing for Hot Happy Mess. She was born the same day as my brother. They're both June 10th babies. And yeah, they're like, po- actually, they're not polar opposites. When I think about it. <laughs> There's a like, but, but different. So when you think about how we can all share a sign and yet feel so different, what, what is that about? Is that like, okay, the sun is one thing, but the moon maybe is, is different for each of us. And that's, what's coming through at our core and and making us all feel so different to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's a great question. Yeah. And I would definitely agree. Like, um, it, you can be, you can share a birthday with someone or even the same zodiac sign with someone, but it also has to do with the time mm. that you were born. So if you were born in different years, if you were born, um, at different time, it's down to the minute, you know, mm. like that, that can play a big difference in, in terms of like your charts. And also too, I think that like, you know, how you were raised, you know, how you like, the culture that you come from, the background that you come from, that's also going to indicate like how you show up too. And one of the best examples that I can give give of that is uh, Prince Charles. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm not a I'm not a you know I'm not a Prince Charles fan, I am but but fascinated as to where this is about to go. <laughs> but I never thought Prince Charles was going to come up in this podcast. No, I'm going to give you. I'm going to I'm going to tell you why. So. Prince Charles is a Scorpio um, with a Leo rising. Oh my so, god, that says so much already. Right. Wow. <laughs> so, so he has a, he has a Leo rising, right? Mm. And typically, if you have a Leo rising, you know you're a little bit flashy. You know you're you're colorful. You know you're kind of out there, charismatic. He has no charisma. <laughs> um, and and he's just dry. Yeah. He's just super dry, even for a Scorpio. Like. And, you know, like I, I've seen like there's, there's Scorpios all, all throughout, like, you know, politics, entertainment yeah. that have more 
charisma yeah. than he does. And I would say that that has a lot to do with how he was brought up in the royal family, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like kept very sheltered and, you know, having his mom call the shots. Yeah. So, you know, it has a lot to do with like how people are are raised, you know, so or, it's or nurture conditioned. too, not just nature. nurture. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, I could see that because they're they're all about restraint, right? The royal family mm-hmm. to the point of it's like, do Sometimes people are like, do y'all feel like, do y'all see what's going on out in the world? So right. that, that yeah. does make sense. Because my father's a Scorpio, but he's just like a big old teddy bear. Everybody loves him. He never wants to go anywhere or talk to anybody, but then he shows up at right. a party and he's the life <laughs> of it. Everybody's mm-hmm. obsessive. So different different shades of Scorpio for sure. Yeah, for um, sure. Okay. All right. That's fascinating. Uh, people talk about Mercury and retrograde all the time, mm-hmm. right? And at this point, it's like a, a phrase in and of itself that is, I think some people aren't even actually acknowledging what it means. So what does it mean? When Mercury when Mercury is in retrograde, uh, what does that actually mean? And mm-hmm. how the hell do we survive it? Because when I tell you, <laughs> it, Mercury has not left retrograde for me in 2021. I know that's not actually how it works. Right. How it <laughs> so what does it mean? <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I definitely say that, like, if you're a Gemini or a Virgo, because um, those two signs are ruled by Mercury, you're probably going to be more sensitive uh, mm. to, to Mercury retrogrades. Anytime we talk about retrograde, it's basically, it means that the planet is, is going backwards. So um, scientifically, planets don't go backwards, but like from like where we position on Earth, it kind of like it's, it's an optical illusion mm. uh, that, that's taking place. Okay. But astrologically speaking, this idea of going backwards has a lot to do with... Um, Review, you know, like looking back, retrospect. Um, so that's why, you know, people from the past come popping up. Um, you know, sometimes it can be exes. Of course, I was you know, about like, to say, that's know, when the exes right. are knocking on the door trying to ruin your life, talking about, hey, big head. Exactly. What are you, what are you doing, right? <laughs> um, oh, hello, stranger, and all right. that. Oh, right. Right. <laughs> trigger, trigger warning, not right. hello, stranger. <laughs> like, oh. Oh. <laughs> right, right. Like, excuse me. Right. Um, so, yeah, so. People or, or sometimes it'd be like a, a a different way in terms of like, you know, maybe a, a friend that you haven't heard from in a while. And you're like, oh, my God, like, hey, girl, like, I haven't heard from you. Like, where you been? You know, or um, I've had family <laughs> find me, you know, really? like that, I, that I, like long lost. Yeah. Long lost relatives, you know, that have popped up. Um, and so when we're in a Mercury retrograde, so it happens three times a year for about three weeks at a time. So at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, the middle at the end, the end. And so basically it's a time for just reviewing, you know, it's a great time for like making revisions or just kind of crossing, um, you know, your T's and dotting your I's in terms of like, you know, anything that you're submitting in writing, uh, agreements that you're making, making sure or plans that you're making, just making sure that everybody's on the same page. And the other Mm -hmm. thing too is also about like, you know, again, being flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, in case there's like any like last minute like hiccups or cancellations, you know, things like that. Um, but Mercury retrograde doesn't have to be a bad thing. I think it's just that we get so caught up in going forward and just, you know, push barreling through everything all the time yeah. that we don't really take that time out to just like chill and just kind of like look at the things that we've done. Right. Um, and so that I think that's why a lot of time people struggle with it yeah. because there's other, the other planets go retrograde too. Um, and I would say that like some of the retrogrades that cause more havoc than Mercury would be like a Venus retrograde, which luckily only happens every eight, 18 months. And okay. then, um, or a Mars retrograde, which happens, I think roughly about like 
every I want to say every two years. Okay. Um, I forget it, exactly, but yeah, that it doesn't happen too often. And when those go into retrograde, like Mercury is like communication and things like that. Is right. Venus, I just assume love because of because of the cliche. But is that right? Re- like, is it something different for Venus versus Mars? Like different things are kind of funky. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with yeah, so with Mercury, it's like communication, you know, travel is another thing with Venus. Um, definitely like relationship stuff comes up. And also, you know, your values too, mm. you know, because Venus has a lot to do with like what we care about, what we spend money on, uh, appreciation. So those things will tend to come up for like review in, in yeah. some way. Um, and then with Mars, you know, Mars is the planet of, you know, passion and anger. So when Mars goes retrograde, you know, sometimes, um, you know, you might feel more frustrated than usual or, you know, you might feel more, uh, you know, short tempered, you know, or, yeah. or irritable than usual. Yeah. Um, and that can trigger, you know, uh, like spill out into other things. So, yeah. Got it. Got it. I wanted to pivot a little bit because I I really want to touch on this uh, before we end our conversation. Um, And that's the fact that more and more uh, women of color, people of color, queer folks are seeking out therapists, life coaches, medical professionals that can actually identify and speak their language. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. so um, important. It's so necessary. And when we were researching astrologers for this episode, we actually made it a point to find an astrologer who identified as a woman of color and or queer. Um, And I want to bring up this point from an article from Vice that said, like many trends popularized by social media and pop culture, astrology has been sterilized and sanitized in its marketing. In tandem with the Black Lives Matter movement, there have been more community calls to promote black astrologers and attract black clients. Um, So this is more of an overarching theme in whatever way resonates most with you. But I'd love to know your thoughts, if you're willing to share, on how um, your identity intersects with astrology, not just for you, but potentially for your clients, too. No, I think that that's a great question. And to me, um, it kind of reminded me back in... I want to say 2011, 2012, when I started my own like spiritual journey. And I remember how important it was that I saw myself reflected in the divine. And I think that that's a similar principle when we talk about astrology that like, you know, whether it's, you know, black women, women of color, you know, queer or, you know, marginalized folks, we want to see ourselves reflected in this. And I think that, Now, you know, like when you do have like movements like Black Lives Matter or, you know, you have like the George Floyd protests or, you know, all like, you know, the clashes, you know, in terms of like police brutality, like all these like really big things that affect our communities that you need to have astrologers who are talking about these things and not just saying, you know, like sugarcoating stuff or ignoring it completely. Because the thing is, is that astrology is in everything, you know, it's in politics, it's in, uh, you know, health, it's in relationships, it's, you know, it's, it's everywhere. And so I think that if we can use astrology, and so like for me, like I, I try to use it as a way to give context to, these cultural movements and these, these, these different issues and things that, that we're facing. And I think that people appreciate to have a voice that hears them, that mm. makes them feel seen that says like, okay, this is not just all in, in my head or, you know, like I have a place that I can go that can make me feel like there's, there's a place for me 
And so that that's what I try to do. Like I try to make astrology as accessible um, as possible. And to me, like, I feel like, you know, who I am, like, <laughs> I was kind of raised to be like a, rebe- a rebel right. <laughs> in so many I ways. Love that. I love it. And so I bring that to my, you know, bring that to my practice, you know, and, and showing people like where they need to like, you know, be rebellious, you know, in their, in their own way. And so like for me, astrology, like the way I practice it, it, it definitely exists between the space between, um, you know, social justice and self-care, you know, and, 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 and per- personal empowerment for sure. Okay, well, thank you for for breaking that down. I also want to talk to you a little bit about finding a credible astrologer. If we Mm. want to uh, talk to someone, because just like any industry, there are people who know what they're doing and Mm -hmm. there are people who pretend like they know what they're doing for Bitcoin. So how do we go about finding um, an astrologer or resources that we can trust while we're on this journey? I know you did mention some of the websites, but what if we want to go in person to see someone? Is there a, a vetting process or a place where you can go to find the right person? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I always encourage people to treat like finding your astrologer the way that you would find like a doctor or the way that you would find like a hairstylist, right? So you wouldn't just trust anybody with like your body or like your hair. And so, um, you know, research, you know, you can, you can go to like their website, um, you know, read and kind of see like what, what, what do they say? Do they, are they transparent about like their training? Um, are, you know, like if you go to like your social media, like, do they have like a reputable body of work that they're producing? Um, are other astrologers, uh, you know, also kind of like giving them like a vote of confidence? Um, I would also say like, kind of check out like their tone, you know, cause mm. sometimes like, I noticed that certain folks like who do this kind of work, sometimes egos can, can get really big, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, and if you are coming across someone who is kind of acting like they're all knowing or they're being condescending or, or the dragging, you know, all of that, mm. like I would, I would take pause with that because that's probably going to bleed into, you know, what they're doing. And the thing is, is that like in this work, we have to be very sensitive you know, to people, we have to be, you know, confidentiality is a big thing. Uh, trust is a big thing. You know, compassion is a big thing. So this is not just about like, who's going to be like the next TikTok star or, you know, who's going to like, you know, you know, have like the biggest, you know, Patreon or whatever. It's really about like, are you really here to help people and, you know, work through, help them work through their stuff, Mm. um, as opposed to like just being in the spotlight. And I would say, you know, just, just take your time, ask questions too. Um, trust your, trust your instincts. You know, sometimes you can kind of see and kind of get a feeling about someone. And if you do like, don't, you know, don't ignore that. Right. Right. Listen to your gut. Um, expectations are so important with anything. What can we expect from astrology and what shouldn't we expect? So I think that we should expect um, guidance in terms of like, like the way that you would check the weather to figure out like, okay, do I need to carry an umbrella with me? Or, you know, do I need to like, you know, uh, make sure that like I pack something, you know, for it or, you know, dress appropriately. I would say that that's the way that you want to treat astrology. Um, If you are using astrology to kind of like 
tell you what to do, then I would say like, that's when it kind of leans into, you know, kind of dangerous territory. Like astrology shouldn't like take control over your life. You know, um, astrology shouldn't power you. It shouldn't scare you. That's another thing too. You know, like, um, sometimes there could be a lot of fear mongering out there and people get really panicked about, you know, certain things that are going on. And even if there are like difficult, like, you know, things happening in the sky, an astrologer should still say, okay, but this is how you can deal with it. Mm. This is how you can prepare yourself. This is how you can, you know, um, navigate this challenge or, you know, this difficult time. Um, so I would say like what astrology should do is to make you feel empowered. Even if you're like dealing with something that might be out of your control or it might be difficult, it should make you feel like, okay, I know there's there, it's going to be a light at the end of this tunnel at some point, mm-hmm. right? It right. shouldn't make you feel small. It shouldn't make you feel like you're powerless. Mm-hmm. Um, it shouldn't make you feel like you have to consult, you know, the stars every two seconds to figure out, you know, what's going to happen. It should give you, put you in the driver's seat. Got That's it. what astrology should do. I love that. Um, I also love love. I'm obsessed with relationship and compatibility and the psychology of love, why we act the way we do in love and when we're falling out of it. And I'm also fascinated by astrological pairings. I've been looking up compatibility since I was 12, <laughs> trying to figure out if, if, who my next boo is going to be. Um, so I would love to just hear your thoughts on romantic compatibility with the signs. Do you subscribe to the notion that we should only really be trying to aim for the people we're actually compatible with? Who are those? Who works best with who? Um, mm-hmm. And what advice do you give to us when we are going off the deep end and deciding to (laughs) to get into some (laughs) incompatible stuff because we love them. (laughs) Oh man. So, so I'm actually of the, uh, the astrological school of thought that too much compatibility isn't always a great thing. Mm. Right. And the reason for that is because, um, yes, it shouldn't be like, so tense and so strenuous to the point where you're just arguing and fighting and, you know, like it, you can't relax around each other or there's, you know, there's too much, it's just drama heavy like that, you know, definitely you don't want to, uh, to have, but sometimes a little friction is necessary. You know, like if you're, if you're too compatible, sometimes it could be boring. You know, sometimes it could feel like you're dating, you know, your, your, your cousin or your friend, as opposed to like, you know, someone that you really have some chemistry with. And, and also like the difficult, like people who press our buttons, you know, or like kind of help us to confront our stuff. Like they're helping us to grow and to become better partners and to help us to like understand like what we need and what we like. So just because something might be a little bit difficult or you might meet someone who like, uh, you know, kind of gets under your skin, or even if you're, you know, you're reading about like compatibility, like online, mm-hmm. I would say like, don't, come, you know, don't, don't throw it in the garbage. If, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, let's say, you know, you're, in Aries and you're like, Oh, you know, it'll never work with a Capricorn. It might, mm-hmm. it might, it could be one of the best relationships that you could possibly have, but you won't really know that unless you actually kind of like take the time to, to get to know the person, be open to that learning. Right. Um, who, who technically goes with who air and fire, right? Like air breathes life into fire. Right. <laughs> right. So yeah, no, that that's great. Um, so yeah, so fire and air typically share a lot of the same qualities in terms of, or, or should I say like some of the same characteristics. So like 
both being very independent, both mm-hmm. being very like, you know, freedom loving, both being very like open minded and interested in like trying all different kinds of things and like, you know, you know, being like on the go. Um, either separately or together. So that that's kind of fire and air. Um, and then earth and water um, are the other like natural pairings. So with earth and water, like what they do is like, these are the people that want to like settle down and build something together, whether it's a family, you know, whether it is a, a home or a business, like these are the folks that um, tend to like, earth supports the water and water helps earth to kind of like not be so rigid all the time. Got <laughs> so, it. Yeah. Okay. So what happens in a space where hypothetically like it technically, I'd hesitate to even say incompatible because I, I don't know, I just hesitate to say it, but like uh, an air and a, a water, right? Because I think of air and water. Right. And I'm like, okay, cool. So you need oxygen, but if you're underwater, you drown. Well, this is okay. So this is where we start getting into like, a little bit of the deeper part of like astrological compatibility, which we call synastry. So even though your sun signs might not be compatible, so like you're a Gemini, you're dealing with a cancer. So Gemini's live in their head, cancers live in their hearts, right? So that right there, that pairing, you know, if we're just talking about sun signs, that's going to be about like Gemini needing to learn how to be a little bit more sensitive and cancer is also needing to learn how to like detach a bit and not, you know, take everything to so heart, personally, right? Yeah. Right. And, but, but because they are signs that are side by side, right? In terms of like, um, you know, in terms of like the, the astrological, uh, the wheel, um, cancer could have some Gemini planets and that Gemini could have some cancer planets, which, so like, let's say Gemini could have like a Venus in cancer, right? So if Uh you have Venus in cancer, the way that you give and receive love is going to, um, correlate to the way that cancer expresses themselves. So that can, that can actually be compatible that could be where the relationship works um same thing with the cancer if the cancer has venus in gemini then the way they show up and give love that's going to um you know help you like like kind of relate to like the way that you show up or like your confidence and 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 that could be like where the compatibility is so definitely like this is where like people are learning how to like look beyond just like the sun sign because you have a Venus sign, a Mars sign, a Mercury sign, like all these different pieces that are coming into like how you're connecting with someone else. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice and grow black owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful VC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! (laughs) And outrun a few! 
drive the Nissan Rogue. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Okay, home stretch here. I've got one listener question, and then I want to talk about your newest book. Um, A listener question comes from at 87 pages. Uh, She says, I'm a Gemini Sag Libra. I'm currently expecting, and my kid is going to be either a Leo or a Virgo. I'm already nervous about motherhood, but now I'm feeling a bit anxious that my kid is going to be a Virgo, since we aren't technically compatible. I keep hearing horror stories from Virgos with Gemini moms. Any Mm. tips on navigating parenthood when you and your child aren't technically compatible? Oh, that's a great, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting is that, um, Gemini and Virgo, as I mentioned earlier, um, even though they're very different signs, they share the same planet. So that's Mercury. So I think the thing for, you know, your, your Gemini can appeal to the Virgo's need for communication um, and and being able to talk things through, I think, really helps Virgos um, to, to flourish. With your Sag, the Sag part of you, Sag and Virgo typically like there's friction between because Virgo needs um needs some level like of planning and preparation and Sag the Sag is like well, let's just do it right, right, right. <laughs> but where Sag and Virgo I think can can get along is the fact that uh Sag is always striving to learn always wanting to learn always wanting to explore and Virgo also wants to do the same thing but with Virgo it's like I want to learn but I also want to use that as a way to improve myself and so I think you know for for you as a mom the way that you can really nurture your Virgo is by encouraging that learning encouraging communication um but then also like pushing them to like celebrate themselves, celebrate like the wins that they have, because they can be very critical of Mm -hmm. themselves, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, showing them how to appreciate like the small things as well as like the big like goals and also like helping them to get out of their head, you know, so making it fun, like Gemini, a Gemini Sag combo um, with some like that's fun, Mm -hmm. you know, so you guys can really have some fun um, and really help that Virgo to um, to to flourish. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. I love it. Your <laughs> new book, The Astrology Journal, A Celestial Guide to Recording Your Cosmic Journey. Tell us everything about it. What can we expect? Why should we get it today? Sure. So in this journal, um, for those folks who like to journal, who enjoy journaling, um, or even if you're just figuring out like, you know, how do I learn more about astrology and like in the way that applies to me, this is the book for you because in it, I give you some basic like guidelines and also some recommended resources in terms of like where you can go to learn more about your chart, 
um, more about horoscopes, more about like the transits and like what's happening and basically, you know, keep a record of how that's affecting you day by day. So you can not only get to see how astrology is working real time in your life, but you can also use it as kind of like your personal grimoire in terms of like, all right, I know that like if the moon is in Aquarius today, you know, or whenever the moon is in Aquarius, like that tend, look, my anxiety tends to go up, you know, or if the moon is in Pisces, you know, I kind of, I find, I find myself feeling more tired so that you can keep track and you can kind of know how to best prepare for those days so you can live your best life. I love it. I love it. Well, let yeah. me go get this journal so I can live yeah. my best life. We're all about best life minus the burnout here. Mecca, if people want to follow you, keep up with you, maybe reach out to you, where can they find you? Sure. You can go straight to my website at mylifecreated.com. You'll find all my stuff there, including my socials. And um, you can also send me a message there too. Awesome. Mecca, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge on the stars with us. I'm excited. I've got some thank reading you. to do now yes. so I can dig more into the Gemini of it all, particularly. So thanks. Thank you, Zuri. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Hi. Happy. Yes. Was that good or what? Anyone else want to book an appointment with an astrologer right now? Uh, thank you, Mecca, for joining me on the podcast today. So much great insight. Make sure you guys keep up with her, follow her. And remember, you can visit hothappymess.com for all of our show notes, our resources, our links, and information about our experts. And if you're loving what you're hearing, just tell us. Words of affirmation are great for the podcast. Technically, my love languages are acts of service and giving and receiving gifts. Uh, but we need words of affirmation to help keep the hot, happy mess team going. So leave us a quick review and share this episode. Send it over to a friend right now. If you're thinking of that one friend who's obsessed with the Zodiac or curious about it. Um, and in the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram, slide in the DMs, tell me what's up. I read all my comments. I try to read all of my DMs and respond to as many as I can. So you can hit me up at Zuri Hall, Z-U-R-I-H-A-L-L, and follow at Hot Happy Mess for your daily dose of Good vibes, positivity, and best life, minus the burnout. I will see y'all next Monday for another episode of Hot Happy Mess. Bye. 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 State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something, to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know that feeling when you walk into your home? Take a deep breath. And feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Antibas. 
because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.